right, welcome back to the big program. Just waiting to hook up with Mark Spector, and I believe Spec is good to go. So time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Good morning, Spec. How's she going hey, today, big fella? Oh, it's going good. So I at the rink last night. We had a couple of laughs. <laughs> yeah, we, we did, didn't we? Uh, we did, yeah. <laughs> We're talking with some old, old, uh, old players, old times. Uh, what was that guy's name from Columbus that was there? That was in the group there. Uh, Brian Hedger from okay. the Columbus Dispatch was oh. there talking with us. Yeah, he was kind of he was all ears for a few of those stories, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. There was a couple good yeah, ones. Yeah, well, not for know. air. A couple of good ones, hey, not the- for air. The poor guy covers the Columbus Blue Jackets for a living. Give him a break. He needs to have some fun sometimes. Uh, yeah, he was just, his eyes, you could just, they were, they were twirling. His ears were perking up. He was just going, man, these are, this is some great stuff. I wonder if I could use any of this. Although, though, he was probably writing, as, as you've done, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of times, you know, you write a story after the second period and, and it's ready to go and then you have to change it for the third. Yeah, uh, I mean, this was, you know, if I'm not as much on deadline as I once was, Mm -hmm. but certainly looking at that game last night, I mean, Columbus is the worst third period team in the league and Edmonton might be the best. And, you know, what's going to happen when it's 1-1 after 40? I think we can kind of figure it out, right? Uh, You know, (laughs) it it went according to script. The orders blew them away in the third. Edmonton. Edmonton is a good, good team now, Kev, mm-hmm. and they sit in their dressing room after 40 and they go, okay, look, we've been horse bleep all night here. Our goalies held us in. If we play a period of hockey, we're going to smoke these guys. That's how good they are now. And Columbus is a poor team. They're 28th in the league. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Edmonton put in 20 good minutes and it was enough to beat the Blue Jackets. You know, and again, the third period, when you come and think about what has happened in the third period to Columbus minus 33 goal differential just in the third going into yeah. last night. So minus 36 after last night. And and you just kind of had the feeling if the orders could just string together, you know, three, four, five shifts, Columbus, they're, they're in a fragile position, a fragile state that they're just going to go, ah, yeah. here we go again. Well, they're not good enough. And, yeah. and the, the, I believe that's I, I read on Twitter, so that doesn't mean it's true. But I believe the scoring chances were nine nothing in the third period. Mm-hmm. The high dangers for Edmonton, so they just put their foot in the gas, and Columbus can't keep up. Uh, you know, the, Stu Skinner. I mean, the Oilers had the Oilers had twenty three giveaways in the first two periods <laughs> yeah. of that game. They haven't played a game all year where they gave up where they had t- more than twenty two giveaways the entire game. So that was as bad a 40 minutes as they're going to play. And thanks to their goaltender, frankly, they, it, you know, it was 1-1, not 3 or 4-1. Or 5-1. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah and so, over, right? Yeah, and that was the gist of your article uh, last night, this morning on sportsnet.ca. Just the fact of uh, Stuart Skinner. And what time did you get to talk to Grant Fuhr last night? About what time? I texted him uh, right after I talked. we talked to Skinner. Yeah. And I texted him as I was walking out the order's room. And by the time I was walking into the press room, my phone was ringing. There you go. <laughs> I just said, are you still up? <laughs> and he was watching the game. So, yeah. yeah, he was still up. So, yeah, it was nice to talk to Grant. You know, we had, obviously, he's our co-host every Tuesday. So we talked quite a lot about uh, the fact that he's 
really been in Stu Skinner's corner for all season long and even going back to last year. And I, I remember asking Grant several times over the course of the time that he spent the last five months with us here co-hosting every Tuesday from uh, 9 to 11. Where do you rank the Canadian goaltenders moving forward on a best on best? And he would always bring up Stu Skinner's name. He, he's always bringing it up. And, you know, at the start of the year, we'd be going, well, geez, I don't know about this. And then you look at him now, and he's he's at the top of the heap right now. Well, like if they held a, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's a Team Canada goalie quite yet, but we do worry <laughs> about our Canadian goaltending. If yeah. they ever get back to an Olympics and stuff, we're all questioning who's it going to be, who's the Canadian goalie. The U.S. has all these guys to pick from, yeah. you know, Demko and Hellebuck. And, and the Canada's, you know what, that job's open. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that that's job's kind of getting that. That's yeah. what I wrote last. Yeah. Like that's what I wrote last night is, you know, when we've talked about this, there's no way to know how good Stu Skinner can be. Like, why are we limiting this guy? He's only a second year player. It's, mm-hmm. it's the first half of his, of his second season in the NHL. And he's already this good. Why can't this guy be Thatcher Demko? Why can't this guy be as good as Shesterkin in New York or, you know, I'm not sure if you ever get to the state of where Connor Hellebuck is, because he might be, him and Vasilevsky are probably the two best goalies in the game, but why can't he be almost as good as those guys, right? Well, I mean, in the last, you can't argue with what he's been doing. He's 18-2 and two in his last uh, 20 starts. We had a, a little uh, in or out that the Duke brought up. Uh, it's a couple of weeks ago now. Do you think Stuart Skinner would ever win 35, or can he win 35 games in the NHL in his not this year, you know, down the road in his career. And it's it's looking very much like it's going to happen this year. Never mind down the road. Yeah, and, and you know what? We should, uh, it's probably time to throw Dustin Schwartz's name out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he took a licking from oh. all the uh, Oilers fans over the years because he couldn't turn some pretty average goalies into great ones. So you should know that Skinner's worked with Schwartz like since he was 16 years old mm-hmm. and they've known each other a long time and Schwartz's fingerprints are all over this guy. And uh, you know what? This There's every reason to believe that Skinner could be the next great goalie uh, in Oilers history here, the way he's playing and with the team in front of him. You know, at every great team that wins, right? There was a Billy Smith in the aisle, and there's a Grant Fear in Edmonton, and there was a Mark Andre yeah. Fleury in Pittsburgh. And, you know, there's not many great teams didn't have a great goalie. Uh, this guy could be Edmonton's, and maybe you should stop running your goalie coach out of town. How about that? Uh, well, I'm a, a big Schwartzy fan. I've known him for a long time, so uh, I wouldn't say. Anything bad about Dustin Schwartz, uh, unless it was very, very warranted. But uh, I, everything that I've seen from Dustin Schwartz over the years as a person, as a, as a coach, and, and and how he handles people uh, is is top notch in my books. Uh, Mark Spector with us on Sports fourteen forty. Not sure if you heard this stat, but I threw it out at the Duke at the top of the show, and maybe if you answer quickly, maybe maybe you've heard it. But Evander Kane with the game-winning goal last night. How many players on the Oilers have game-winning goals during this 14-game winning streak? Quickly, Spence. I don't know. I don't know. What I do mean, you think? Uh, seven. That's what Duke said. That's exactly what Duke said. It's a, it's ten, and that wow. just shows you that shows you how much 
depth yeah. and how much everyone is contributing. And it's even going to get that that competition on the whether you want to call it in the fourth line or the bottom six or even that upward pressure to the second line is is going to only increase now that Holloway's playing so well. And then, of course, with Corey Perry coming in here uh, shortly. So we're going to see some great competition in-house, which only makes the team better. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we're all distracted a little bit by this winning streak right now. Like it's front and center, and and you know the bigger picture for me is what have they won? Twenty two out of their last twenty five games. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, so that's gonna. I mean, they are gonna lose a game here at some point, but I think we're gonna that twenty five game window is gonna turn into a forty game window, gonna turn into a fifty game window, and I think what we're seeing here is this is a really good team. Like this is a good team They're They're doing all the things that the best teams do. And, and it starts with keeping the puck out of your net. That game last night, when the orders played the way they played for the first two periods and it wasn't pretty right. That game there, they always had at least three goals against going into the third, like at least yeah. three. Now they play that bad with the goaltender they have. And, and the defensive structure they have, they can recover. They let in one. That game's up for grabs. Years past, that game was never up for grabs with that caliber of play for the first 40 minutes. Let me throw this one at you, Speck. I say this off the top of the show. During this 14-game winning streak, the two periods last night, first and second, were the worst two periods that the Oilers have had during this streak. I think that's safe to say. But sure, is there an argument to say those could have been the worst two periods of their entire season? Well, no, no. Okay. I mean, remember the start. I get it, but remember, I mean, <laughs> remember that game in 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 Carol. I was at that game in Carolina where they gave up four goals in about nine minutes. Mm-hmm. That might have been the worst period, and that was right before they got her going in Washington. So, so what? What if what if Skinner doesn't stand on his head last night? Then that well, I mean, then it's five one. Okay, but he. He's part of the team, right? Well, I like get it. He's the only reason. They didn't get that, they didn't get yeah. that goaltending early in the year. Now they are. And, he, he's the only you know, reason they weren't the worst two periods well, of Well, that's fair. Like, okay. sure. And even the other night, how many breakaways did he stop? Uh, who did they play two nights ago? Calgary? Uh, the, they beat in Calgary. Yeah. Stopped. No, not Calgary. The one before that. Uh, they had all those breakaways S- in the first. Seattle? Seattle had yeah. like three breakaways in the first period. He stopped those two. So... Listen, when you win 14, there's a lot of you got to win them different ways. Mm-hmm. You, do, you don't just repeat the same methodology every single night. One of the ways is your goaltender steals one for you. He can't steal it every night, but he can steal one out of three or four or five for you. And that's what we're at right now is when they need Skinner to steal a game, he's stealing it. But they're not coming back on Thursday and hoping he steals it again. At some point, you know, now it's the rest of the team's yeah. turn to to win the game for the goalie, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to have uh, Rob Shrimp coming up at 820. What do you remember about Rob when he was here in <laughs> NHL and, you know, former, oh, wait, former yeah, teammate I mean, of Corey of his, Perry? Yeah. Ahead of his time, right? Yeah. He was basically, he's Trevor Zegris before Trevor Zegris was Trevor <laughs> Green hey, Zegris. Good angle. Uh, you know, he, he was ahead of his time. We didn't have, the, the hockey world didn't have the patience for a young, brash kid with all those skills. Uh, he probably would get a longer rope today. Uh, you know, that's what I mm. that's what I remember. I mean, his skills were unbelievable. Yeah. He was doing stuff that no one could do. He had unbelievable hands. 
he probably needed to figure out a way to stay in the league until those hands were appreciated. And he couldn't quite figure that out. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't do what the establishment needed him to do to stay in the league. You can blame the establishment if you want, and that's fair. Mm -hmm. But in the end, Robbie had a fairly short NHL career with skills that probably could have afforded him a longer one. uh, Had he somehow found a way to shut up all the old mouths and uh, (laughs) play the game and let the skill shine once he got a place in the league. He never quite found a full-time place in the league, did he? No, well, I mean, he played in the for the Islanders for a couple of seasons, but he was still bouncing up and down, uh, yeah. you know, in, in that organization as well. And then, then he played, you know, a good eight or nine years overseas in, in you know, the Dell yeah. and Austria and Switzerland. Right. And, oh, so. he could play in Europe for fun with oh, the skill he had. Yeah. I right? mean, again, for the sure. hands. I never thought about the Zegris uh, comparison, but I'm going to ask him about that. Yeah, and all these young guys we see, like young kids coming in now, they're doing stuff that, you know, I, I remember when Zegris or somebody scored one of those Michigan goals and I asked Kenny Danico, <laughs> I said, <Yeah. laughs> Kenny, would a guy have scored that Michigan goal when you were playing in New Jersey? And he thought for a second, he said, not twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, or, you know. Yeah, if he did it twice, he'd have no teeth on the second one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but today it's different. Today you can play that way. The game is better now for mm-hmm. that. I want to see that stuff. I'm not complaining one bit, right? I want more Robbie Shrimp and probably a little less of the Ken Danicos, even though we love Dano. But oh yeah, uh, he was ahead of his time, and and some somehow not in a not in a great way for him. He'd have been better off if he came along ten years later. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get it, and I'm going to mention that to him. I'm I'm sure he's going to go. Speck said that about me. <laughs> well, he's, he'll be sour at the media. I've seen some of his takes on Twitter. He doesn't think he got a fair shot, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it goes sometimes. No, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. So, hey, Spec, thanks yeah. for this uh, day off today. So, did you get enough content to piece something uh, together? No, for... that was a surprise. Oh, but there's okay. lots going on in the hockey world. I'm sure my boss will find a way to put me to work today. Wow, they they do every time, don't they, Spec? Yeah, they do. Those darn bosses. <laughs> okay, thanks, big guy. We'll see you maybe Thank down you. there tomorrow. Kate, okay, take care, bud. That's uh, Mark Specter on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. I could use one right now, Duke. The berries, the bananas, little, the strawberries. little energy Just shot. Just a little shot. I don't know if I would put that powder stuff in, you know, the protein or whatever they call it. Yeah. Is that what it is, the protein? I think so. Yeah, I would I, just I, I don't get, I, don't, I never get that. I just enjoy the, straight. The, the natural powers of the fruits. Well, when I think of, of you putting natural things in your body, Duke, I don't think of... of Fruits and vegetables. How's oh, that sound? Hey. What? What the heck? Hey, what did I do to deserve that? Well, I mean, I'm getting shots here, left I'm and the, right. I got to the, drag you into the fight somehow. I'm the face of health. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After all the stories I've heard about Delburn in the last five months, I find that hard to believe. When we come back, uh, we're going to head to. I guess we're going to Hong Kong. We're going to Hong Kong to check in with former Oiler, NHLer, and former teammate of Corey Perry. Rob Shrimp will join us uh, after the break. Coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing at Mr. Rooter. They only employ the finest organic grain-fed, free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca as we welcome in Former Oiler, former NHLer, Rob Shrimp to the program. Rob, it's Kevin Carries. Haven't talked to you for probably 15 years, but uh, good to hook up with you again, and, and thanks for coming on today. 
Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Look well, forward to having a little chat with you. Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a whole day now since uh, we lined it up and uh, just looking forward to getting uh, back to where we were uh, chatting a, a long time ago when you were here in Edmonton. First of all, so Corey Perry, your old buddy, signs with the Oilers on Monday. Um, how excited are you for your friend to kind of, um, you know, be able to, to land here and hopefully contribute to the Oilers moving forward? Yeah, I think it's great. I think he's a great addition for the team, you know, being a uh, wily veteran that he is and he's such a competitor. He's been in the Stanley Cup Finals the last few years, so last three years, and been so close to it. So he's, he's really known how to win his whole career, and I think it's a, it's a great value add for the, for the Oilers to you know, kind of add that skilled sandpaper, so to speak. But Corey, such a yeah, he's going to be great for the room and great for the team. I think it's uh, the way he leads is kind of by example, and he goes out every night and he's ready to bring it. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a great, great addition. I know, I know, there's been some he's had some controversy up there as a, as a player uh, coming in on the opposite side with the Oilers. I think some fans he's probably been a thorn in their side for for quite a few years, but I think they'll learn to to really love him now that he's going to be wearing that oiler sweater. You know, Rob, that's the whole sentiment here in the last few days since he signed. Uh, everyone hated him when he was on the opposition, especially in Anaheim because of, you know, the proximity and the rivalry that the yeah. Oilers have had. But once he's in the room and, and once he's part of your team, uh, they're going to love him. So what what do you think he's going to add in the room specifically? I think his professionalism, um, the way he comes to, you know, every game he comes prepared. and He's, he's actually he's one of those guys that's got those ticks and he's got a lot of, you know, I don't want say that superstitions or, or uh, a, a very heavy routine, but he, he comes every day, does the same kind of routine, and he's just prepped. And then when the, you know, when the puck drops, he comes and competes every single night. So it's just one of those things. He's not a, a super loud leader, but when you watch through his actions and the way he plays the game, it's, you know, it really earns guys' respect and someone that you love having on your team because you know when the chips are on the table, he shows up. So I think that's what's going to be really good. Again, it's not that loud. Loud guy in the room, so to speak. It's more how he, you know, conducts himself as a player, and when the puck drops on, you know, seven thirty most nights. Rob Shrimp, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. So, about twenty years ago, when you first met Corey, would that be correct in London? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it was twenty years ago exactly. So that team that you guys had in London, oh four oh five specifically, uh, was that the best team you ever played on? Oh, for sure. It definitely. We were stacked uh, with, with great talent in junior, but also the way that, um, just the way that it, it kind of Corey was ringleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Severo was our captain, but <clears throat> Corey was, was sort of our leader as far as the way he played, and we kind of jumped on, you know, jumped on his boat, so to speak. He came every single night ready to play and, and compete, and just throughout the course of the season, some of the things that, you know, went on, and the way that group stuck up for each other and showed up every night. That's that's one thing that stuck out. We, we, we did have a lot of guys that played in the NHL, a lot of talent for junior, but again, it was just the way it all kind of came together. And, um, you know, we, we won under 31 games undefeated to start the season. <laughs> there were so many things that happened that year, but the one thing I remember was the way that guys came every single night prepared, and, and uh, there was never really a doubt that we were going to win the game. You know, we always really truly believed we were going to win. Most nights we did. We only lost seven games that year in regular season, <laughs> so... Pretty electric year. Yeah, 59-7-2 was the record that year. And then just to kind of, you know, explain to our viewers the playoff run and then, you know, going on to the Memorial Cup and, uh, you know, ultimately uh, winning the championship. Yes, it's always a lot of pressure. You know, that year was a lockout season, so 
there was no NHL, so we, we really got the attention from the media and obviously playing juniors in Canada and the CHL, it's, it's so special in those towns, those small towns, and I want to call London a small town, but most of the junior, junior cities are, are, are towns, so to speak, and the media was really high on, on the fact that we went 31 games undefeated. Then you had Sidney Crosby in the Quebec Major Junior League uh, tearing it up and doing things at, you know, at a high pace, high level. Um, the team like out in the, out in the West was Kelowna, the third time making a run to the Mem Cup in three years. So there's a lot, to, a lot of headlines and a lot of attention, and our team was kind of at the top. Of it. We were ranked first, I think, right out of the gate um, <clears throat> to start the season. We were ranked CHL number one the whole year. So there was, mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure. So in playoffs game, it was kind of one of those things where we definitely didn't want to bust, right? Even though we had the Mem Cup uh, hosted, we wanted to go to the front door, and that was something Danny Savret did a really good job as a leader, making sure everybody was focused and, <clears throat> excuse me, not mailing it in and just, you know, kind of taking that free ticket to Mem Cup. We, we wanted to prove a point and, and do it the right way, and the guys stayed focused the whole year, and that's what we were all driven to win a championship, and it started from the puck drop in game one, and we kept our focus the whole season, and, and we, um, you know, brought it home, which is truly special. And, uh, the fact that we got to do the Mem Cup win the Mem Cup for the first time in, in the organization's yeah. history in London was, was truly special. The city went crazy. I, I think, Rob, that was it. Uh, was London named the, the best uh, junior team ever at that point, coming up to that point? Is that correct? We, we actually we won Team of the Century, yeah. There was, okay. uh, I think we were not. We were, we were awarded that. Um, 2019, we were uh, voted as Team of the Century. So it was, it was pretty cool to get recognized as that as well. It's been some great teams and oh. great players that come to the CHL, so be recognized for that and our accomplishment was, was something really special yeah that 2005 year as you say with the lockout and, and everything like that and then the world junior championship so you were a teammate with Corey, you know in london and then the world junior championship in in north dakota what was that experience like because i mean that was the everyone says it was the best canadian team ever so what, what are your what are your recollections there yeah no i was yeah with team usa uh it was it was one of those things where I mean, I'm very competitive, and, and I never would back down from a fight, so to speak, as, as far as that sort of competitive side of hockey. But I was I was almost counting our blessings that we didn't meet Canada in that tournament. They would I don't think we were prepared for them. Uh, they were stacked. <laughs> they had everything, and everybody. I mean, their decor was insane. Like, you know, Dion and, and Coburn and um, Seabrook. I mean, you go down the list, Shea Weber. Like it was it was crazy who they had. And then you go up front with pairs playing with Crosby, Bergeron, Carter. And it's like Jeff Carter playing in the Sioux. It was, like, it was funny because we, we know him a lot. He's from the London area. So it's like in the Sioux, he kind of did what he, you know, just kind of, I don't want to talk down about it, but he did what he had to to get by. And then as yeah. soon as he go on Team Canada, he just turn it up. And you're like, holy crap. Yeah. It was a totally different player at Carter. So they were stacked. And even a good friend of mine, Stephen Dixon, was on there as a great fourth-line plugger. And they had all the pieces, right? So... Um, in the way that you saw them, you know, kind of run Ovechkin out of the building, and people can say what they want about Ovechkin, but man, it was Dion hitting them, Weber hitting them, Seabrook mm-hmm. hitting them. Everybody was taking runs at him, and it, it, he stood in there for a period and a half, more than probably most people would have. But they were a stacked team, and they were also, you know, they were all dogs, so to speak. They they wanted, you know, they smelled blood, and they went for the win. So. Uh, stack team. It was unfortunate that we weren't in that position, you know, especially with being in North Dakota, U.S. But mm-hmm. that was that was definitely that. Watching that hockey was it was you're kind of envious of it. Mm-hmm. You always want to be on a team like that. We we had that kind of sort of team in London, which was fun. Mm-hmm. But Team Canada was on a different level. 
that tournament. Rob Shrimp with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. You guys had a pretty good team, too. I mean, the guy Phil Kessel was on your squad, Ryan Suter. Uh, but just, just, I mean, Canada just had too many weapons. But uh, what about your team there? Yeah, we had some, we had Patrick O'Sullivan. Yeah. We had, you know, we had a pretty good squad, but it it was it was kind of a rebuild. The year before was with Patrick Ease, and they won in Finland. So it was kind of that, you know, that 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 fact that you know it's all age groups, right? Age years, birth years. So it's that that '84 birth year was really stacked for USA hockey. It was a little bit of a dip <clears throat> the next year, so to speak. And, and Canada had the better birth year in '85. And, you could see it with their team, and obviously their draft year that year. That the, the, I think they had, I don't know the exact number, but there was a, a massive amount of first round draft picks on their team. So their '85 birth mm-hmm. year was really stacked, and that was their year to kind of, you know, take take the crown, so to speak. But we had a great team, and it was just it's just one of those things. It's, it's one of the luck of the draws by yeah. birth year, and Canada's was much better. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Shrimp with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Rob, you know, we just had Mark Spector on from Rogers Sportsnet, and I, I said, Speck, we're going to have Rob Shrimp on here right after the break, and here's what he had to say about you. I said, you know, what do you remember about Rob Shrimp? And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, I really believe that he was ahead of his time when he came in, and he likened you skill level, skill set, to a guy like Trevor Zegers now in Anaheim. And, you know, I started to think about that with all the things that you could do with the puck. Maybe... Do you think if you had come along, I don't know, like 20 years later, maybe the way that you played, your style and everything, you would have maybe had a longer look because of the incredible skill set that you had uh, to offer at that time back in the day when you uh, started with the Oilers in 06 and 07? Uh, yeah, I think it's a different time back then. Yeah, it really wasn't. There wasn't social media. There wasn't uh, <clears throat> players didn't have brands, so to speak, and in the side of like skill wise and stuff like that it was the western conference is it kind of still is that way but it's, it's obviously the whole game in, whole, in general is changing but it was a very rough and tough uh, division and conference in the west it was it was a lot of big body guys you know san jose was big our team was big calgary was big and it was all crash and bang kind of hockey and you mix in like you know the skill guys like al shamsky was the top end skill and <clears throat> smitty was Smitty was a grinder too, but I mean, he put up the points, but he really worked hard for every point. It was a different game, you know, in the Western Conference especially. It was it was a different game back then. So I don't think, yeah, the high end skill stuff was kind of looked upon as a little bit a hot dogish or yeah. or a little bit too uh, individual back then. And I think now you're seeing it. That's a different display, right? The rules change in '05. Um, all the hooking and holding, and I think it took you know probably about ten years for the game to you start to see it evolve. Less fighting, less physical stuff. A lot of stuff with CTE and concussion, so a lot more crackdown on on crazy hitting and running around hitting. So, mm-hmm. a lot of things have changed since you know my time there. Obviously, so um, to to the point and to the question, yeah, I definitely think if I would have come along a little yeah. bit later, uh, things would have been different. But still happy with my career and proud of what I've done. And, yeah, uh, never you know. So it's always look better to look through the. Uh, to the windshield and the roof of the mirror. Yeah, and you should be. I mean, in 07, 08, you had a phenomenal year in Springfield. Uh, it was under Kelly Buckberger. What, what was that like, you know, playing for, you know, a guy that played so many years and uh, was a big, big fan favorite here in Edmonton? Yeah, Kelly's awesome. He's a great guy, great person. Um, you know, he's, he had a lot to teach you about the game, about being a pro and showing up every day to work. And uh, he worked for every inch that he got in the NHL. And he was um, you know, a great teammate. Everybody can say that. Mm-hmm. I think anybody that played with Kelly Buckberger, we heard great things about him, and he'd stick up for his teammates. And 
same thing with the, with the players. I remember uh, one night we got kind of a little bit taken advantage of in Portland. They had a lot of tough guys. We were super tough, and, and they were bullying. And Kelly, Kelly, he, you know, crossing the ice after the game, he, you know, he really went after a guy because he, you know, he was sticking up for his guy. Um, some might say, as you know, a coach, can't do that, but you could just see like that's that was his natural reaction was to look after his players and. Uh, he's a great guy. Kelly was awesome, so it was, it was fun to play for him. And yeah. again, he, he had a lot of things to learn from his long career that he played in the NHL about being a professional and, and showing up every day to work. Rob Shrimp with us on Sports fourteen forty. When you came in, Rob, to the Oilers organization, you had uh, like guys like Jeff, former teammates uh, Jeff Delorier, Devin Dubnik. I, just that I think of the goaltenders. But where I'm getting at with here is that the team never had a true uh, affiliate, a true AHL affiliate, and it really. It, it stunted the growth of a lot of players in a two- or three-year span. Do you look back at that, and would you agree with that statement? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We My first year pro was when we split with Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. We split with Wilkes-Barre. And then the next year we were in Springfield. So it was kind of a, yeah, it was different, you know. It's just it didn't feel like that. it was set in place, the development mm-hmm. model and, and uh, you know, the sort of path to – development from AHL to transfer up to the NHL is kind of a little bit all over the place, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how that works now, but it, back then it was it was just kind of, they were trying to get their footing on that side of things and um, different draft picks, different types of players and um, yeah, just it was a little bit all over the place, but it's part of it, trying to figure out how to get through that and, and climb your way up to the show. It's, it's, always, it's always tricky to try to get to the jungle, but <laughs> <laughs> made for an interesting time. So, Rob, after the NHL, you went over to Europe and played a good half dozen seasons over there. Is there a certain place that you enjoyed more? And what did you like about going to Europe and the style of play and things like that? Yeah, definitely. Austria, Salzburg, playing for Red Bull in Salzburg was great. My daughter was born there, and I really enjoyed my time. That's a beautiful place in the world. And uh, the hockey's, you know, it's, it's very competitive and just in a different different way. It's more, you know, European, it's bigger ice, and it's not so much crash and bang. Also, the schedule is not so crazy. You know, like in the AHL, I remember three years in the AHL, every year we ended the, the season with like 16 games and 29 nights, like that kind of mm-hmm. grind with travel and bus trips, and you're not really home that much. So being in Europe, it was a little bit better, uh, you know, so to speak, work, work-life work balance. So being home and, and, again, have my daughter there is a special, obviously a special place for us, and uh, we really loved our time there. Um, Switzerland was beautiful. They all had their, their, their cool things to them. So Switzerland was beautiful. Sweden was awesome, you know, mm-hmm. playing games in Stockholm with the fans and uh, that sort of thing. And then the one th- the one place in Switzerland, Bern, um, they, they have this fan base where there's one side of the rink, it's about 12,000 standing seats or standing pos- uh, positions. All the fans stand the whole time and they chant. And it's like one of the most intimidating places to go into as far as that. And it's almost like a soccer atmosphere. It was, it was really cool. So I got to experience a lot of great things there. But the one that stuck out, obviously, is Salzburg. Mm-hmm. Rob Shrimp with us on Sports 1440. Uh, thanks for taking the time this morning, Rob. And just uh, now you're in Hong Kong. How did you end up in Hong Kong? And what are you doing there uh, hockey-related? Yeah, so I was in Latvia and, and doing my thing with uh, my my private consulting stuff and mentoring players. And this job uh, presented itself. I got to meet Craig Smith. Uh, his brother played in the AHL. He's actually in the AHL Hall of Fame, Brad Smith, and 
Um, but yeah, we got in touch with him and, and came out here to check out the organization and, um, you know, get to see what it's like over here, hockey in Hong Kong. And it was an opportunity to take on a, a um, you know, director of hockey operations position and something I was really intrigued by to, to sort of broaden my horizons and learn about, you know, organizations and how to run them and, you know, scheduling and all the good stuff that comes along with that. And, um, and then on the other side with the development, doing the curriculum for the program and, sort of a clean slate that kind of implements the, the ideas and thoughts that I've had on the game and what I think about development. And I get to do that on a daily basis now with these kids here and, and help them grow and give them some better information. So it's really exciting to have that, you, you know, sort of different path and a different opportunity um, to grow myself and also help the game of hockey grow here in Hong Kong. So um, that's what I do on a daily basis. It's been a lot of fun. And my daughter's learning Mandarin and seeing new places of the world. So it's, it's been a really unique experience so far how, how popular is the sport over there it's huge we got about 250 300 player registered players so all different levels learn to play learn to skate then we have our elite program so we there's a lot of hockey here and a lot of interest and i think you know having the olympics in china was really big and um spurred up a lot of stuff a lot of funding went into hockey so it's it's been uh, it's a lot of growth and we, we have an asian uh, asia super league event that we do we're actually going to korea tomorrow to, to go attend that and we have five teams from different countries showing up and the kids get to go play a really competitive tournament and see what different hockey styles are around and you know compete in that level so it's it's very, it's very exciting for all of us and you know it's, it's definitely great to see the game of hockey grow in different areas that you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. uh, Latvia Latvia must have been just a wild time for you because of how I guess hockey crazed the fans are there yeah I got a chance to beat the world championships last year and uh, witnessed that, you know, them winning the, the bronze medal was huge for their country. And, uh, you know, the whole country got behind the team. And then after that, you know, the parade and stuff. So it was really cool. And also, um, you know, the hockey world being there, a lot of scouts and old coaches I got to see. It was, it was awesome to be there and, and have that energy in the city and then have the, you know, kind of the high-end hockey people around and to mingle with and see them again. It was, it was really cool. So great experience and uh, something I'll, I'll remember and, and really cherish, actually. Well, can't thank you enough for taking the time uh, with a busy, busy schedule with family and everything. And, uh, you know, uh, really appreciate it. I know you're going to be pulling for your buddy Corey Perry as the Oilers uh, uh, enter the All-Star break here and then uh, kind of the unofficial second half. So uh, thanks for coming on, Rob. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for thinking of me. Appreciate All right. It. That's Rob Shrimp, uh, now in Hong Kong, former Oiler, uh, former New York Islander, Thrashers, played uh, many years overseas, and uh, a wizard, a wizard with the puck. Uh, just uh, amazing stick handling and puck handling ability. Uh, and that is our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Does he? Do you remember a lot of Rob Shrimp back in the day, Duke? Or? I do actually. Yeah. yeah, and we had a text from uh, the King of Fort Nasty oh. earlier when you uh, made the mention that Robbie uh, was coming on the show, saying about like I was kind of in my adolescence, and <laughs> that is true. I was a young guy, but that's kind of like the peak because you see, there, I believe was it not the all the NA, uh, Oilers like All Star or like their in house skills, skills, skills comp right with, yeah. the, with of course yeah. the infamous goal that kind of really made its waves uh, on the <laughs> what was kind of the infancy of social media and stuff and was, YouTube yeah. and whatnot yeah. um, but oh yeah Rob was a guy that I think even after he left the organization I think a lot of Oilers fans kept tabs on him because they were curious to see like can this skill set yeah actually work in that era of the NHL and and I agree with Spec 100% yeah. if he was if Rob Shrimp was drafted 
in twenty in the late twenty teens uh, or early twenty twenties here, I think I think he would be uh, like a stalwart in the NHL mm-hmm. right now because his skill set was obviously unbelievable and uh, he he thought the game <laughs> I think ahead of a lot of guys, uh, but unfortunately just kind of you know didn't quite line up with the era of the league yet at that point where it was still a lot more crash and bang as they kind of came out of the uh, the first lockout there in 0506 or 0405. It, yeah. Pardon me. It, it was crash and bang, but also if you showed any defensive liability you were quickly banished to the press box or to the minors. You, yeah, the you, minors. You never, especially, yeah. you never had the opportunity, I think, now the leeway as some players get. Even though I think, to be honest with you, Duke, I think we're seeing a lot more of that now in the last uh, year or two where coaches are going, uh, you know, enough's enough here. We saw Todd McClellan's clip on uh, PLD, you know, <laughs> and I mean, enough, hey, enough's enough here. So I think, we're kind of, and Zegers is probably in that same boat too, you know, in the sense of where he contributes without he, the puck. He needs to, I mean, yeah. he has uh, already felt the wrath of uh, Greg Cronin. Uh, I mean, he's obviously out with injury right now, but Pat Verbeek mm-hmm. has, has come down on him from the management side of things. And uh, he, he brought in his guys, the new head coach this year. And it, uh, it's been a bit of a tough sledding for, for Trevor Zegers. And I mentioned this after the Drysdale trade, where if you're not cast in the image mm-hmm. of uh, the coach or the player or the management team, Sometimes you're uh, you're not for long with that organization, and uh, I think that might be the case for uh, Zegers moving forward here. But we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of teams. Like I said, it's different now. I think there's teams will be lining up to to sign up a guy like that for not only the excitement level, fans Skill, in the building, yeah, uh, marketability, you name it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how it goes moving forward. Here, here's the king of Fort Nasty's text from about an hour and a half ago. My favorite memory of Robbie Shrimp was an online video when the Duke was just a baby and the interweb was fairly new. The clip was Robbie on a tee box, bouncing the ball off his driver head a number of times, then a baseball swing. Great drive out of the air. Amazing. Uh, everyone was watching Shrimp videos back then as he could do lacrosse like tricks like never seen before true yeah we were and again infancies i mean we're talking again 15 years ago yeah and yeah i wasn't exactly a baby uh back then i'm not sure how <laughs> uh, how young the king of Fort Nassie thinks i am uh but uh no I, I i do remember and yeah like it was kind of like i said it was exciting because you could finally get this videos or these videos and send them to your friends or watch them uh hunched around the computer in the the, the Delburn, the DCS, Delburn Centralized School, a computer lab, maybe over lunch hour or something. You guys really had a, a dedicated computer lab? We had, well, we had two, technically. Wow. There, there was the, the small one, which had all the old, junkier computers, and the big one, and that was like, it was always a treat. It was like, all right, we're going to the computer lab today. No... No, uh, you know, no YouTube, no addictinggames.com. It was there to use Microsoft Word and and type up this thing or make a PowerPoint presentation about Lord knows what, uh, you know, through upper elementary and junior high school and stuff. <laughs> you know, Duke, I remember when I, I, again, I never graduated high school, but uh, I remember when they brought in the computers and I think it was probably, I don't know, grade 10. I said, this isn't going to catch on. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not going to class. This is just a waste of time. It's funny. I, I saw I was doing uh, some digging around and looking for uh, some in or out topics today because always the last one we like to <laughs> steer away from uh, uh, the world of sports. And it, I think the original Macintosh launched today. today. Well, I know all about the Mac. When I was in grade one, <laughs> no, grade one or kinder, no, might even been kindergarten. We got like, remember those Mac? I can't remember what Mac it was, but it was like the one with like the colorful kind of clear back on it mm-hmm. when computers were st- like because it didn't have a um, modem like the monitor it was the whole computer was just the one thing yeah like obviously that was max bit 
<laughs> and we ha- it was blue, I remember, very vividly. Uh, that thing coming in, it was like, ooh. Well, uh, could, this is going to be a question then. Dude. In the, like, well, no, we, we, I, I went elsewhere because I could, we talked uh, oh. about some Apple products a couple weeks ago about oh, the iPod. I, I don't stuff. mind that. Um, I mean, Schlemmer would be great. I mean, he's he's got no sniff like me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Schlemmer would have a much better <laughs> sniff than you. But here about the oh, original the Have original you ever Mac seen him operate his phone in here? And the Mac 2, like, that you could get games on that. And one of them was the best of all time, Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. On, I think it was the Mac too, because we had that in the kindergarten room. Wow! Um, and it was like it was it was literally like using a different uh, hmm. uh, might as well have been a different language. Uh, when we come back, David Schlemko will be our co-host from nine to eleven. We've got uh, Dane and Hughes, uh, Kansas City Chiefs analyst, coming up at nine twenty as well, and Craig Koshan from the Milwaukee Bucks uh, at ten twenty. Uh, lots more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. I remember, I know that one, Duke. That's the old, well, they don't call them. It's just the chicks now, right? Just the chicks. Yeah. I love the Natalie chicks. Mains or Natalie something. That's one of their names. Yeah, Natalie. I always because she's the lead singer. Yeah. And then I like the fact that uh, one of them's playing the fiddle in there. Oh, oh, yeah. And she's uh, yeah. she she's the one who's got my heart, the fiddle player. Oh, really? I'm quite su- <laughs> I'm quite sweet on her. <laughs> oh, maybe she was in one of these. Uh, uh, computer labs, uh, who knows? <laughs> in Delburn, uh, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know any fiddle players from Delburn. I don't know any fiddle players. Period. Really? Well, who, I mean, what are we sitting around on a Saturday night listening to fiddle music? Here, here. So last summer when I was working for CFCW out on the road, they have like the fiddle championships, and they're at the um, the the Millennium Place in uh, Fort Saskatchewan, yeah. where I was living. So it's okay. perfect. I only had to, for my, this event, I only had to drive like two minutes down the road and go and take it all in. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> kids like three years old playing the fiddle. People 90 years old playing the fiddle. I love the it fiddle. I just don't know any. the scene. Do you know that I never told you this, Duke, and I've just, now you've uh, reminded me. I've been asked, and I got to figure out the date and see if it works because it's a few months away, to MC and host the Alberta Country Music Awards. No way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Isn't that something? I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, they could they could they did you they did they shy away from that once you submitted your rate or what? <laughs> no, I, I no, that wasn't even it. But I thought, well, you know, it's a buddy of a buddy, and a, and I mean, I love country music, and I was trying to think of all the you know the the Alberta. You we've had some great ones over oh, the years, God, yeah. but I think the the newer crop coming up, I, I've got to get a little more. I guess familiar with them, if that's the the right terminology. Oh yeah, there's there's some you know? uh, there's some really uh, really good talented young up and comers from the Alberta scene. Actually, one a good friend of mine, Julia Voss from uh, around Pigeon Lake area. Oh, she's a. Wow. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some uh, links to her stuff. She's, got, I, she's I'm going to need some help. You might need to be my uh, like executive I'll, assistant on this. Here, I'll be your research team. <laughs> yeah, you'd just come in the back and there'd be a little feed you the lines. <laughs> feed, yeah, <laughs> you'd be getting the the free beers in the after hours party. That's what it'd be. Yeah, uh, chopping it up with the the folks of industry in the music biz. I did. I, ever t- I did that story. I did a, a present. I was a presenter. This is uh, about almost 25 years ago at the it was called the Ampias. I don't know if they do it anymore. Alberta Motion Picture. Anyway, it was in Calgary, so I went down to Calgary to present the award, this award, and it was myself and Bret Hart. And we were the first uh, guys, like the first presenters, the very first out of, and then we looked, so we finished it, and you know, we had a little saying, you know, Brett said this line, I said this line, blah, 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 and then the winner goes to whatever. And then we looked at the program and we said, wow, 
I mean, there's like 28 more to, to go. <laughs> You're like, we didn't write this many lines. No, no, no we weren't doing That was our only one, just like the oh, Oscars. You know, oh, so we, we had to wait like three hours for the after party. <laughs> Or the party that was, you know, following the, the awards. And was there, like, drinks during the rest of this Well, no. Uh, so banquet? what happened was Brett said to me, he goes, uh, well, I'm not sticking around here for three hours. And I said, neither am I. So we went across the street to a bar for three hours. And then <laughs> came, came back, back for the after party. There you go. The there you go. Uh, top of the hour, we will have our co-host, David Schlemko, will join us, a former NHLer for Cougar Paint and Collision. Dane and Hughes, a Kansas City Chiefs analyst, and our ski report uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday here on the Kevin Carey Show. And uh, Craig Koshan from uh, Milwaukee Bucks cha- Coaching Change in uh, in Milwaukee with the Bucks. And also, we, he covers the, the Milwaukee Brewers a little bit too. So we'll talk a little bit about the Brewers. Looks like they're signing uh, the big first baseman, Reese Hoskins with the Brewers. Uh, before that time now for a Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments were designed for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Uh, Here is the Duke.